I told you about how I got I got chased by a dog last night. It is crazy. I was out in um, this new area by Palm Harbor. I think it's called Crystal Beach. I met up with some old college friends for uh, the 4th of July. I really don't even celebrate 4th of July like that. But, you know, I figured I'd kick it with the homies. It was my homeboy's birthday recently. Um, so I, it was all at this house. and They had like a cookout. And then it was like, yo, yo you guys want to walk to the water? So we walked to the water. And uh, when we got by the water, they were doing fireworks. So they had a big old like fireworks show. And then I got tired because we was real close to the fireworks, so the smoke kept getting in my eyes. And then I'm walking back with Killer Kim and his and his wife De- Dev. Shout out, shout out Trinity. Um, and we're walking, and it's it's dark, like it's dark. There's no street lights, and we're all walking, and we see no, no, no. We don't see nothing, but we hear like footsteps. And like I peep at first, and I'm like, Yo, y'all hear that? And they're like, Yeah, but I can't see nothing. And then uh, we could hear like breathing heavy. And then damn, she flashes her lights and we see that it's a dog. Boy, I turn around, I take off, I take off sprint. My boy Cam had his gun, he pulled it out and he was like, man, if, if that dog would have stepped any closer, he would have been out. And nobody would have noticed because it was fireworks going around. <laughs> nobody would have noticed. I mean, it was a big old like German Shepherd looking dog. It was crazy. That was funny. That was funny. I just had to tell y'all. <laughs> I just had to tell y'all that story. But hey, man, I welcome you with anticipation, man. We've been waiting on this for a long time, man. But we here. What are we doing, man? We here. So thank you for everybody who's listening, who's joined in with Ant. Uh, I appreciate you, man. This is, like I said, this has been a long time coming. I've been wanting to do this for the for a long time before I even knew what a podcast was uh I mean when I was younger I really wanted to start like my own radio radio station you know um and as I got older like I hear all the time that I have a radio voice and I don't really think so I don't really like my voice but the people like it um so I felt like that was funny when everybody's like oh you should do radio, you should do radio. And I'm like, man, that's been my dream to have my own radio show and play the music that I want to play. Because, who, yeah, the people that be having radio stations, they be they be playing songs out for real. But, yeah. So, I think podcast kind of came out. I don't know what year, but I know I started listening to the Joe Budden podcast first. Just because I'm a fan of hip-hop. I feel like at the time I feel like Joey Joey was nice lyrically but he didn't get the credit he deserved so I, I, I followed him and I really enjoyed it you know and I was like dang I, w- I want to start something I want to do it so I finally decided to just you know pack it up and see what I could do with it you know and to be truthful bro I be having podcasts all the time like I talk to myself all the time, and I know God's listening. So it's like me just having a conversation with God, you know, because nobody be listening. It's just me. So even if even if nobody listens to me for real, like, I'm cool with that because this is low-key kind of very therapeutic for me because I'm not worried about who's going to listen for real. Like, 
Like, I want people to hear it because I know God's going to speak through me, do, you know, with certain stuff. But I'm good. Like, <laughs> you know, and you know, the crazy thing is, uh, I, I'm a firm believer that God speaks through people. Right. And there's a few times where like God knows that I like talking to myself. So there's been a few times he's used me to talk to me. Like he's he's used me to speak through me, if that makes sense. You know what I mean? For example, I'm not gonna go into detail about it. Maybe later. Maybe later because that's that was a really important situation. Um, but I remember just like shouting at God, like, "Yo, why am I doing this? Why am I doing this?" And then I paused for like two seconds. Well, I remember I used to be like this, and I did this, and this happened to me. And I was like, maybe that's the reason why I'm like that. And then, like, but it was, it was way deeper than how I'm describing it. But, like, it was like epiphany. It was like, wow, like, when I, when I said that, it didn't feel like I was talking anyway. And I, like, as soon as I was done with the sentence, I just sat there in silence. It was like, wow, was that, was that God just talking? Like, that was a great experience. But, so, like I said, like, I'm, I'm not worried about who listens. I'm not worried about the, the, the people. But, you know... If you listen, you listen. You know, of course, I'm going I'm a, I'm to a do this anyway. Um, so, yeah, like, my my target audience is really people who are kind of like me. You know what I mean? And one of the good things about social media is, you know, there's everybody has, like, on social media, how do I put this? Every There's, like, a, every, everybody has their own circle. Or their own lunch table when it comes to social media, right? You got the girls, the females that think that they shouldn't go 50-50. And you got, you got that crew at that lunch table. You got the independent women who think they don't need a man to pay for nothing. You got, you got that lunch table, you know what I'm saying? You got the athlete table. You got the extrovert. You got the introvert table. Um, you got a lot of folk that, uh, that went through the same kind of trauma and childhood growing up in and hood the hood the low income houses and we kind of we post memes about struggle meals and we can all relate to that you know what i mean so that's one thing i like about social media is that you know there's there's a bunch of people that can relate to each other uh so like i'm my target audience is it's not really i mean it could be for whoever wants to listen for real but it's definitely definitely for them folks who grew up in the culture that I grew up in, the neighborhoods that I grew up in, the churches that I went to, uh, the athletes, you know, the music heads, you know, those, those are people. So the introverts, the people who are um, older, new into parenthood, you know, all of that. So speaking of parenthood, that's a perfect segue. Um, so I am... Uh, new into this fatherhood, parenthood, and this is something that I've been running from for a long time. But I was been scared. I did not want to have kids because I've worked around kids my entire life. So I was like, man, I don't, I don't know if I could deal with that. But of course, everybody like it's different when you have your own kids, and I I see what they mean now. So. My baby boy was born in January, January 2nd. And for those who know me, 
you know how ironic that is that he was born on the 2nd and his due date was the 24th um, so yeah but I had a lot of people ask me like soon like maybe a week after he was born oh how does it feel to be a dad bro I have I don't know I have no idea he just got here I have no idea so six months later I can kind of answer it a little better and then I know a lot of a, a lot of new a new fathers around this time too uh, that are my age that I see on social media that I know of you know so these questions are for y'all as well um, just to spark some conversation but one of the main questions that was asked me is how has fatherhood changed me and I'll say this it So I'll say this. So like I said earlier, I was always fearful when it came to having children. So when I found out Moo when I found out Moo was pregnant, that's right around the time uh, things started to get a little serious for me, you know? Cause I was like, man, how how am I gonna raise a child? I'm not I'm a child myself. I'm still immature myself. Like how am I gonna do this? And really like I just I had like uh, an awakening you know like I've always believed in God always believed in you know Jesus and I've had a relationship with him before but I've backslidden I've been lukewarm for a long time but I feel like bringing a child into the world is the perfect time to you know get back right you know what I mean so it has allowed me to just be more aware socially aware spiritually aware you know what i mean so now i'm not only just looking out for myself i'm looking out for a, like another human you know what i mean like it's not about me anymore you know what i mean um i've always been aware socially um i don't really i don't really pay it like i don't pay attention to the news or what what goes on in the world I, i'm that guy that when everybody's talking about you know, like that summer submarine or COVID-19, when everybody's talking about that, I don't pay attention to it. My mind goes like, dang, I, I wonder what's really going on. Like, what are they keeping from us? You know what I mean? And that's before my relationship with God was as strong as it is now. You know, so I feel like I've always had that discernment about what's really going on in the world. But now, now that I know that most of it is, is spiritual warfare, it, it just it's just causing me to be more aware. So I would say fatherhood changed me now because I'm more aware. Um, I've always been kind of selfish. It's always been me, me, me. And I had to cut that out. I need patience. And I'm still working on that. And God is, he, like I, I told, I forgot who I told this, but like you, when you, when you ask God for something, he's not, he not going to just give it to you. You know what I'm saying? It's just like, if your cousin come up to you and say, yo, can I have a thousand dollars? You're going to be like, are you going to give him a thousand dollars? Or are you going to give him uh, a link to a, a job where he can apply and say, yo, apply for this job. Tell him that I sent you and you'll get the job. That way you won't have to come for me to run. You'll, you'll have them. So that's how I feel like with God is he, I ask for patience. He don't even say, here, here's patience. You got to build that. That's something you got to work towards. So what does he do? He puts me in situations where I got to be patient. Um, so definitely, I'm way more patient than I was before. 
and I and I honestly I love it. I love it. Uh, my heart has been filled with more love. So when folk do me wrong, when folks feel like they being disrespectful to me, you know what I'm saying. And when I want to like check them and and like cut them off and not and just talk bad about them, I just I love on them and I and I pray. I pray for them. Now, that's, I mean, growing up, I really didn't have any hate hate for anybody because that's just not how, we, like, we was raised. So I didn't really, there wasn't nobody I really hate. But there's a lot of folk that don't like me for <laughs> whatever reason. And if you know me, bro, I'm chill, bro. I don't, I stay out of the way. I match energy. So if you don't want to talk, I won't talk to you. If you don't, if you don't want to kick it, we ain't gotta kick it. Like I, I'm, I feel like I'm the easiest person to get along with. But there's there's folks that don't like me, you know. Uh, but I've learned that, you know, there's tons of scriptures about loving your neighbor. So that's what I'm working on. So that's changing. So for all of my melanated dads, I wanna I wanted to ask y'all if there's any pressure that you have for becoming a dad and for those who are melanated fathers do you do you deal with pressure now because i know society man i know society puts us in this box you know i guess i guess that's what you would call a stereotype you know and you know being a melanated man and a dad is is kind of like there's it they kind of don't go hand in hand because society makes it seem like they put it i mean listen they put it in the movies it's all over social media about folks being dad beats you know what i'm saying you watch a movie there's always a, a movie about the dad not being there well if he is there he's he's real toxic he's not really parenting their child he's just being toxic toxic you know what I mean so and I feel like the powers that be the people who run the world they for whatever reason they have chosen an ident like they have chosen an identity they've chosen an identity for us and I know a lot of people are not going to agree with me and that's cool but I really feel like we don't as black people or I I don't really don't like saying black people, but as melanin people, we don't know our identity and they chose it for us. You know, and that that's a discussion for another time. Like we can we can really do a deep dive in that. But I feel like as a melanated person on living in America, they gave you like they they gave you your identity. And I didn't realize that until I got older and I realized like people were telling me all kinds of stereotypes when I was younger and I had no idea where it was coming from. You know what I mean? Like, I remember, you know, in class when you would do these little assignments and it'd be, it'd be questions like, what's your favorite food? What's your favorite movies? What do you like to do for fun? Uh, and people would joke to me like, oh, I, I, what you put down? Fried chicken and watermelon? And I'm like, at the time, I'm like, huh? I'm like, uh, no, I put barbecue ribs and french fries. 
watermelon. But I love I love eating peaches. Like peaches and kiwis are my favorite fruit. Like I'll eat watermelon, but like I want a peach, a juicy one. You know what I mean? So like now that I'm older, like I, I realize like when people would ask me questions about my parents, I'm like, oh, you know, your dad's in the picture. And like at the time I'd be like, yeah, yeah, he's there, you know. It's them. I have three little sisters. But now I'm like, now I'm looking back at their reaction and their facial expression and their body language when they ask me that question, you know? So like that, I have no choice but to believe that our identity has been chosen for us. Like, (laughs) Like we're supposed to be a certain way. We're supposed to dress a certain way. We're supposed to look a certain way. We're supposed to act a certain way. And if you don't, if, if if you don't believe me, I know count. I know a number of females who, who melanated females who are extremely smart, and they get hated on because they're smart. Oh, because they get straight A's. Oh, you want to act all white? Oh, you want to talk all proper? And it's like, huh? Since when is? This gonna make this gonna make this might make some people mad, and I really could care less because this is just the intro. It's the first episode, and I really got I really I really got some stuff in the bag that's gonna piss a lot of people off. But I just remember like who made who made white the standard, like who made that? I'm curious, and this is nothing against my white brothers and sisters. Like I have one of one of my mentors and you know he's like another father figure to me he's white so i have nothing against you know it's just like how the wife will say well i have black friends yeah i have white friends but like i want to know who made that the standard who made proper like who like who who decided that because you talk proper because you're not talking slang like slang goes with black and then proper goes with white. Like that that's beyond me. You know what I mean? Like there are people that, that would dress a certain way. Oh, you dress like a white boy. Well, how do you dress like a black boy? Oh, I'll tell you. This is how this I'll tell you. Because this is how they they showed you how we should dress. We we gotta wear baggy clothes. We gotta wear a big long t shirt. We gotta have a girl in our mouth. We gotta have a bunch of chains around our neck. We gotta have dreadlocks. And then these are the shoes that we want you to buy. The Jordans, the Nike, the Timberlands. These are the shoes we want you to buy. So buy all that. And then we'll use these. We'll, we'll pick these people that look just like these people. We'll give them the cars that they want. We'll give them the girls that they want. All the jewelry that they want. All the clothes that they want. And then we'll put them in movies and music videos. And then we'll have, we'll have people look up to them. And worship these idols. Which is against the Ten Commandments, one of the Ten Commandments. So we'll have we'll have these people do that. That way, they don't really tap in what their identity really is. You know what I mean? But we trust me, we gonna get deep in that. But like I said, for my new fathers, is there any pressure on being a being a dad? And I would say for me, it's not really any pressure. I eventually knew that this time was going to come and I knew how I was going to handle it. Well, I didn't know how I was going to handle it, but 
I knew that I was going, I, like, I wasn't going to leave. You know what I mean? Um, I made a commitment to propose to my wife at that time because I was like, I don't want my son to grow up without me. There's too many of us melanated folk that grew up without their dad. And I don't want to add to that statistic. So I'm going to be there. I'm going to support. I'm going to support my boy in whatever he decides to do. I'm going to, you know, parent him the right way. I'm going to teach him the ways of the, of the Bible and teach him to be God-fearing. I'm not going to force it on him, but that's going to be my normal. So he has no choice but to just follow behind. You know what I mean? So I, for me... It's, it's not any pressure because I, I like going against the grain anyway. You know what I mean? I'm, I'm not with the whole gotta be just like everybody else in the world and gotta be like, you know, all these people. Like, I, I used to have that mindset. I'm not gonna lie. Like, I, I used to have that mindset. But as I got older, I'm not, I don't, I don't follow the rules of the world because all it does is just lead to destruction. That's all it does. So I'm glad like God removed the scales from my eyes because now I see things differently. So for me, there's no pressure. But if you, if there's pressure on, on like if you're feeling pressure from from being a melanated dad, a melanated father figure, um, my advice would be to pray. You know, don't let that pressure eat you alive. Like take it one day at a time. You know what I mean? And read your Bible. Like, talk to God. Like, God is going to lead you, and he's going to lead you. All you got to do is ask him to guide you, and he'll guide you to be a great dad. And I feel like I'm doing a good job only because people keep telling me that. But I'm only six months in. Like, <laughs> I really got to do nothing but change his diaper, rock him to sleep, feed him. You know what I mean? Like, who knows if he'll even when he's five but right now I feel like it's easy like it, it just started so I'm not really taking that praise just yet but I appreciate it though I appreciate it um, another question I have for y'all is what expectations do you have as a father um, so like do you expect to like for me <laughs> being a dad like I want to be, like, I expect to be there. I expect to be there every step of the way, no matter what he does. If it's, obviously, I want I want my boy to play basketball. So if he plays basketball, I want to put him in the best school. I want to make sure he get an education. I want to be his trainer. I want to make sure he put in the work. You know what I mean? I'm going to make sure that he loves it first, you know? Um, so... That's what I expect, you know, me being a dad, like, to just be there and support him. You know what I mean? I had another thought, but I forgot. I forgot. But, yeah, I expect to raise him in a two-parent household for sure because parenting is not, it is not for parents. So all my single parents out there, like, I'm praying for y'all because it is not easy. I know it's not easy. Like when when Moo has to go to work for a couple hours and I'm I'm just there with him and like I remember one time 
I want to say he was like a month or maybe two months. And moved. she left to the store to get something, right? And I had him there. And when I tell you, she was gone for like an hour or two hours. And he cried the entire time. I couldn't, I did everything. I tried to rock him to sleep. I I tried to feed him a bottle. I tried to, I, I, I changed his diaper. I did everything. I sung to him. I rocked him. I was doing everything. And he wouldn't stop. And as soon as Moo came home, she got him. Silence. And I was like, dang, like this, like, like, can you imagine if if you don't have it, like, you imagine someone who who doesn't have that person to like take the load off for a second, so you can just relax and chill. You know what I mean? So, if you was ever a single parent, I commend you for real, because that is it's not easy, dog. It's not. It's not. Um, so any any outside influences, because I know. I know as my boy gets older, I know people are going to throw their two cents in and how to raise my boy. And I know they're probably going to do that to you if they haven't done it to you already. Um, so how how do you deal with that? How are y'all going to deal with that? Because I know me. I, I believe in discernment. You know, and I, I feel like that's a gift that God gives everybody if you ask for it. Um, so anytime somebody tries to give advice or tries to tell me a way that I should do for my boy, I'm going to look at that and take that as a sermon and I'm going to see does that line up with how you know I want to raise my boy or does it not? And if it does, I'll do it. And if not, I won't. You know what I mean? And I've definitely seen some bad parenting from fathers that I look at and be like, okay, I, I don't, I'm not going to do that to my boy. I'm not going to be toxic. My boy's going to be like comfortable enough to come talk to me. That's, that's one of the expectations I have as well. I want my boys to be able to come and talk to me about anything, like anything. You know what I mean? Like I want to open that door. So like, I always know what's going on. Like, I want them to feel comfortable to talk to me. I want them to express themselves however it is. So when they get older and they start living life and going through life and building relationships, they'll know how to express themselves. You know what I mean? I I couldn't do that when I was younger. So now I'm, I'm, I'm like 26 years old at the time, and I don't know how to express myself. So I have all these built-up emotions inside, and I don't know how to get it out. And then one day it comes out, and now I'm looked at as a crazy person. You know what I mean? So I don't I want my boys to be comfortable enough to just, you know, talk to their mom, talk to dad about it. Um, and I definitely, I've I've seen parents uh, where all they do is just yell, yell at their kid. They don't they don't try to scoop down to their level, to their kid's level, and like figure out what's going on in their mind because they're kids. They treat them like adults. I'm not doing that. I'm not doing that. You know? And I feel I feel kind of bad for those parents who their parents 
you know, treated them. They didn't treat them the best. And their parent, they parent their kids how their parents parented them. And it's like, dang, if you know that your parents was toxic, why are you going to keep parenting the way that they parented you? Like, that doesn't make sense. You know what I mean? But I feel like our generation of parents are the ones that stand up to their parents. Like, our parents, I feel like they couldn't say no to their parents and they couldn't voice their opinion. You know, they were either scared or... I don't know. I don't know. Just scared. But I know our generation, like, we we voice our opinion respectfully and we say we say no to our parents so for those who can't you know not parent their kids the way they were parented I feel I feel bad you know what I mean I know and and that's another thing like a lot of a lot of melanated folk they didn't grow up with their dad so they don't they don't know they don't know much they don't know what to do and that's that sucks for real. That that sucks. But I feel like the least you could do is it is just love your child. Not just with your words, but with your actions. And if we're looking at the definition of what love is in the Bible, love is patient, love is kind, love keeps no record of right or wrong. I mean, no keeps no record of wrong, my fault. Love isn't, you know, doesn't come with anger, right? So if you really love your child, you'll be patient with your child. You'll be kind with your child. You'll be gentle with your child. You know, you won't be angry at them, you know? You won't keep record of wrong with them. You'll, so, like, for real. And I, I'm gonna piss some people off. Um, I feel like, for you parents from the older generation, I really feel like y'all should go to that scripture where it says, where it's describing what love is. And I need you to write that down. And I want you to ask yourself, do I love my child? Right? And then under it, am I patient with my child? And be real with yourself. Am I patient with my child? Am I kind to my child? Am I, you know, do I keep record of wrong with my child? Do I get angry at my child? Like, like really, really read that scripture. I'm gonna figure that out next episode. Next episode, because I, I guess I, I be in my Bible, but you know, I don't. It's yeah, whatever. I no no excuses, but I really want y'all to do that because I feel like a lot of a lot of parents from the older, the older generation, I don't feel like they love their kids. <laughs> I, re- I really don't. I really don't. Because if you did, it would show. And a lot of y'all feel like just because y'all are their parents and you provided for them, that that's love. Like, you that's what you're supposed to do. Like, you, you want a cookie for for hunching and, and making a baby and and doing what you're supposed to do, you're supposed to take care of it. And if you didn't want to take care of it, you should you should have put it up for you should have put the baby up for adoption. You know what I mean? So if you if you were like a, a parent and thinks that 
you love your child because you you took care of them, you put a roof over their head, you fed them, you gave them clothes. You're supposed to do that. I'm not giving you no brownie points for doing what you're supposed to do. Like you, you're supposed to do that. Like, do you do you love the child the way they're supposed to be loved? Like, do you know your child's love language? Do you know how they receive love? Do you know how they give love? Do you know what triggers them? Do you know when they're upset? Do you know when they're not upset? Do you know what they're lying? Like, you... <laughs> yeah, because I... Because... Nah, nah, for real. Because I, I feel like it's it's a lot of us in my generation who are going through, like, trauma right now because of how we was raised as kids. You know what I mean? And we need to have that conversation. If we want healing done, bro, we have to have that uncomfortable conversation, for real. I did not mean to get this serious. I really didn't. I really didn't. But, and I hope that's drunk and nerd. No, I, I, I really did. I really hope it's drunk and nerd. Because it's real. We need to have that conversation, bro. Like, I really feel like, like, and I'm only saying this because I've talked to people that are around my age. And we always talk about how our parents were. And you can ask, you can ask anybody. I'll, I'll, my question always leads to dang like did they even did they even like us for real did they even love us for real you know but that's we'll get to that we'll get to that i did not mean to get that that serious but that was that was like you know a few questions i had for you know for the new fathers out there just you know spark some conversation because i feel like we can all learn from each other you know like i know people who have six-year-olds, nine-year-olds, 13-year-olds, you know, and they're all in different phases of fatherhood. So I feel like we can all, we can all learn from each other. For sure, like iron shop is iron. And, and did I say I, 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 I love fatherhood, bro? It's amazing, bro. I've never felt this, this much happiness before, bro. Like that little boy, my little baby boy is probably the cutest baby out of everybody's like no cap I don't know why because they say he looked like me but I'm team ugly and I'm okay with that but he do like I be looking at my baby pictures and looking at they they look alike but like that boy handsome so I know that's all it's 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 his mama but hey no nah, I'm playing y'all Everybody, everybody I know that that had kids recently, that y'all got some beautiful babies for sure. I just think mine's most beautiful, but I, I, I'm happy, bro. It's the best gift I've ever had in my life, for real. And I done had, I done had some nice retro J's as gifts. I done had nice cars as gifts. I done had some some nice clothing, has some beads. Like I done had a bunch of nice gifts. But this it doesn't it doesn't compare. Like it's there's no comparison. It's the best gift ever. I love that little boy. And he's only six months years old. I can't I can't wait. He's already like <laughs> when he wakes up in the morning, I just peep over. He smiles, and I'm like, man, and it just it just melts me, bro. That's that's my little dog, bro. So I can't wait. I can't wait. Yo, what's what's y'all's normal? That was a horrible segue. But what's your normal like? 
what do you do in your daily routine that's normal? Like, when you brush your teeth, do you wet the toothbrush first, toothpaste, then wet it again and brush? Do you even brush your teeth at all? Or do you just put toothpaste on a toothpaste on a toothbrush and just brush your teeth? Like, what's your normal? What I do, I do this thing now where I, I gargle coconut water for, like, a minute or two. With the toothbrush, put the toothpaste on. Non-toxic toothpaste. Yo, check your toothpaste. Check your toothpaste. Make sure it does not have any toxic ingredients. Cause I'm telling you, bro, America does not want you to be great. They do not want you to be great. They don't want you to be great. They want you. Let me not go there. But I'm just saying. Like, we get into that age where we need to start checking what we put into our bodies. You know what I'm saying? Like, we need to. And toothpaste is one of them. I, didn't, I had no idea that it could be in toothpaste. Also, I feel like this is a perfect segue to this movie that's about to come out. They clone Tyrone. It comes out July 21st. And I'm a firm believer that when they put it in movies, it's, it's what they're doing in real life. And I feel like folks is finally going gonna hear me bro finally going like okay dang i got hope this is selfish but i hope when they see that movie that they they'll be like all right and all right and wasn't like far off because it's it's a lot of stuff that went down in the last year that i'm like hey that don't you know what i'm saying like the math ain't mapping right and folks calling me conspiracy theorists i'm like bro like come on we we 30, we 30 plus. It's time to stop being so oblivious to what they put in our faces, bro. Like, come on, like, there's so much evidence out there. But y'all, y'all make sure y'all watch that because in the, or go watch the trailer. Because I think there's a scene where a baby pulled out some shampoo. She was like, damn, they even put it in the shampoo. Yes. So check, read the ingredients. Make sure there's no toxic stuff that you're putting in your body or on your body. For sure. For sure. Somebody asked me what my expectations was for the Falcons. Man, listen, we're going to the Super Bowl. We're going to the Super Bowl. Our defense is going to shock y'all, like, for real. And I know I said this earlier. Shout out Nick. Uh, I, Nick Frazier. Shout out Nick Frazier. I know I said this earlier. Well, I told him, I was like, man, the Panthers might win the division. Because on paper, they look fine. But I saw a picture of Bryce Young behind the uh, the O-line and he disappeared. Dang, if I had my uh, my little sound card, I would have put my little ta-da thing. But like, he's so tiny back there. I don't, I don't see them winning more than six games. I really feel like the division is going to be between the Falcons and that, that one, I forgot. Uh, what's that one team? The real crappy team that plays in New Orleans. I forgot. I forgot what what their team name is, but it's gonna be between us two. The Bucks is gonna be the last in our division. He's either gonna be the Bucks or the Panthers the last. So Falcons is gonna be first, and then that one team from New Orleans that's not really good, but act like they're good, but they're not really good. They're gonna be second. I just can't forget their name. I, I mean, I can't remember their name. They'll be second. No, but. We'll see, man. I think our running back, our running back situation is gonna be crazy. 
is giving me Devontae Freeman and Tevin Coleman vibes, but like 2.0. You're putting CP back on the line. I hope he still got Zacchaeus, uh, but I don't know. A quarterback situation, I have no idea. They believe in Desmond Ritter, but I don't. I really don't. He, I really don't. He didn't show me nothing. <laughs> nothing at all. So we'll see. We'll see. But I'm, I'm excited. I don't really, like, watch football as much. Because, uh, yeah, I feel like it's some wicked stuff going down in the league, too. But I try not to. I try not to let it, like, take over my life like it used to. Like, I remember I used to be a big NBA fan, big NFL fan. But now I just watch it for what it really is. It's just pure entertainment. Pure entertainment. I don't be tripping. So, I'm excited for it, though. But, man, this was fun. I will definitely be back for sure. Uh, If you made it all the way to the end, pat yourself on the back. Give yourself a hug for sure. That means you really rock with me, and I really rock with you. I, I do. But um, yeah, if you if you hear this man and you think somebody would enjoy it, uh, send it to him. If y'all have any topics that y'all want me to discuss, we can do that. You know what I'm saying? But yeah, I'm I'm. Listen, this I feel like. I wanted to start this anyway because I I want to have like some some uncomfortable conversations, especially since we're in the time that we're in. We're getting older, real, realizing a lot of things. Uh, so I'm I'm ready, and I know I'm gonna piss a lot of people off. But if you know Ant, <laughs> you know I can care less. You know I can care less. So appreciate y'all for sticking with me. Uh, make sure you love love on your people. Stay away from people and pray for them folk who ever think waffles ain't better than pancakes. So if you with somebody and you they order pancakes and they have the option to order waffles, pray for them. Because they don't know no better. They don't. Pray for them for real. Um, but yeah, we'll we'll be back. We'll start dropping these. I'm going so twice a week, but this is me being awkward because I don't know how to close a pod, but we getting there. So appreciate y'all for staying. We'll, we'll definitely be back uh, for sure. So thank you for chilling with Ant. Yep.